Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Audio Leads. I'm your host, Joey. Today, we're going to talk about how newsletters can help us to successfully market our podcasts. And for that, we sat down with newsletter expert Ariel Nissenblatt, Squadcast's community manager. Now, Squadcast is a user-friendly web application that provides excellent audio quality for remote recording. Here's how she does it. So I started as the community manager at Squadcast in August of 2020. And Squadcast had been around for about four years at that point and had a community. You know, thousands and thousands of people were using the product. And a lot of those people were super fans. And a lot of those people really love the co-founders, Zach and Rock, and really want to stick with them and really love the product. And therefore, there was a community in place. But my job was kind of to come in and harness that community and bring them together in a way that was helpful not only for them, but also for the company. I think having a community surrounding your podcast is a huge win for everybody involved, not just you to retain uh, people who might be interested in staying in touch with you, but also for your fans, for your community, because it gives them a chance to have access to you. And if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to be there for them, that is really going to go a long way and keep people engaged with you. I think it's important to look at your look at your listener base, not as customers, not as fans, but as part of your community. You're building and they are taking part in that. They're building alongside of you. So I think community is really an incredible tool for all sorts of companies, but especially for podcasters. Speaking of an engaging audience, social media is the best way to accomplish that by interacting with the public. Having a tweet that goes viral can bring so much awareness to your business and your podcast. It's not about the number of likes. It's more about what the people want to read and the information that they are looking to engage with. That way you can get to know your audience a bit more and you can establish the right, a right way to communicate with them. I have gone mini viral within the podcast space a few times. I've gotten a few thousand likes here and there. Um, I mostly tweet about podcast related things. Um, this time I tweeted about something podcast related, but it was large enough. It was broad in scope enough that it transcended the podcast community. But I think what was so resonant with this tweet that I sent out was that I had a few buzzwords in it. It was short, snappy, and it presented an idea that people could really relate to. And on Twitter, it was great. You know, everybody could attribute the post to me. They retweeted it. They commented on it. A lot of people messaged me. But five days in, I started noticing that my tweet was being screenshot by people on Instagram and being reposted on meme accounts. And a lot of those meme accounts don't tag the original poster, which is not ideal. Um, but I tried as best as I could to, you know, let people know that this was my idea and that if people had ideas further for how to make the podcast, they should get in touch with me. Or if they wanted to be a guest, they should get in touch with me. But it was definitely a lot to handle. And um, I it just further solidifies the idea that people should be given recognition for their ideas. So just try to make sure that you are crediting the right people. While Ariel is in fact a very talented community manager, she is also, as mentioned earlier, a newsletter expert. Her fascinating story inspired us to regularly read her podcast recommendations in order to find new episodes for our very own podcast club. She really, really does make it a lot easier to find a podcast within a certain category. 
I lived in Los Angeles for four years from 2016 to 2020. And when I first moved there, I was stuck in traffic all the time, but I thankfully had podcasts to listen to, but I wanted to listen to more podcasts. I wanted to be entertained all the time (laughs) and I wanted to have wow moments all the time, not just five times a week when I was listening to the podcast that I was listening to. And I knew at the time that there were already a couple hundred thousand podcasts. It was nowhere near a million yet, but it was still a lot of podcasts. And I knew I could never listen to all that content, but there was so much great stuff out there. But how could I find it? And I figured out pretty early on that it was going to be through curation. And I decided to be a curator, but I didn't know at the time that I was doing that. I just said, hey, Bethany, hey, Sarah, hey, Michael, can you share your favorite podcast with me? And I'll put it out in a newsletter. And eventually that's what formed Earbuds Podcast Collective. I will say now I am a newsletter expert, but at the time I was sending out a really ugly looking email on Gmail and I accidentally was sending it. Um, I was replying all rather than BCCing. And at that point I was like, okay, I got to learn MailChimp. So started the newsletter there over time, became really well-versed in MailChimp. I've learned a few other email service provider systems since then. And um, I've also figured out a, a lot of kind of ways to make your newsletter appealing to people about writing subject lines that are, that make sense about having an aesthetically pleasing template, things like that. Um, I also am pretty tapped into the larger podcast and podcast recommendation newsletter scene. And for podcasters, I recommend at least knowing about all the different podcasts and podcast recommendation newsletters out there, because it could be that one of those curators or one of those writers is looking for your exact podcast in order to promote something. And you just need to know about that. So I'm a big fan of knowing about all of that and just having that at your disposal. For podcasters, um, I think all podcasters should at least be cultivating an email list. Whether they use that is up to them. But I think your content should be treated just as that content. So if you have a podcast, you should be talking about the podcast on that podcast. If you have a newsletter that is for your podcast, I think it should be a newsletter for the sake of a newsletter. So why your newsletter should be able to stand on its own. Yes, it can mention that you have a podcast, but it should stand on its own because if your only call to action is listen to this podcast, I'm going to delete that email every time because I know that you're only trying to send me there. Whereas I think you should be entertaining me right there within that newsletter. Give me a reason to be there. So yeah, there's a lot that I could go into with the, the newsletter scene, but I think the main takeaways are If you're creating a newsletter, it should stand on its own. And if you are looking to pitch to newsletters, the the main thing is just be aware of everything that's out there because your podcast does not exist in a vacuum and these newsletters will help you know what else is there. Why does your podcast need a newsletter and how can you make sure that you're sending out a good one every now and then? Isn't this a question that all of us ask ourselves when we want to start a newsletter? Sure, social media brings a lot of awareness to the brand, but newsletters are a little more personal and show commitment. They also show professionalism. It's very very valuable for podcasters to have newsletters, but if it's going to take up too much of your time, it's probably not worth it. If you are genuinely seeing that your podcast listeners want to hear from you throughout the week or want recaps of the content that you're covering within your podcast, then it might be right for you. But um, if not, then it's not. And please feel free to reach out to me and I can quickly assess if that's the case for your podcast or not. Uh, When it comes to pitching podcasts, podcast newsletters and podcast recommendation newsletters, 
Um, lots of tips on that. Number one, make sure you know what they cover. Make sure you know if they have free opportunities to be featured or if they have paid opportunities to be featured. Make sure you are subscribed so that you can come from a genuine place when telling them that you enjoy their content and you think that you would be a good fit there. I think that's uh, that's a good way to look at it. And then for more information, check out my tweet on this. I really go in depth on it and follow all of the curators and the writers of these podcast recommendation newsletters. They are the press of the podcast space. Unsubscribing from a newsletter. We've all been there. Some businesses would rather not send out newsletters because they worry about being sent to spam or being reported. This all depends on the amount of newsletters that the customers receive every month and the content that they contain. I publish my podcast recommendation newsletter every Sunday. I have not missed a Sunday night since 2017. I think it is super important to be consistent when it comes to that. People expect it. Even if they don't expect it, I expect it. It keeps me knowing when Sunday night comes around that it is Sunday night. So I really like that. And I think it would be a strange day if I did not publish Earbuds Podcast Collective on a Sunday night. So I really like to stay consistent with that. And I usually recommend that that's the case with other folks. Um, When they publish their newsletters, pick a day of the week, send it at that day, pick a general time, send it around that time. I think um, generally speaking, people don't like to be surprised when it comes to content. Arielle has her very own newsletter for Earbuds Podcast Collective. Creating and sending an effective newsletter is not a simple task. The trick is to keep the subscribers interested in your content and what you have to offer. She explains how she started and what led her to become the newsletter expert and trusted recommendee that she is today. When I first started writing Earbuds Podcast Collective, I, like I said, wanted to listen to more podcasts and figured out that curation was going to be the way to accomplish that. I did not know that the podcast industry in quotes existed. I just knew that podcasts were out there and I wanted to be part of it. And then I thought, okay, if I could get paid to do this, that would be amazing. So after a few months, I started leveraging the newsletter to uh, go to conferences for free and to go to talks about podcasts for free. And I started learning a lot about the audio space and realizing that I kind of knew enough to maybe get a job in this space. So I just started having coffee with people around town and learning about how my newsletter fit into the larger audio space and that it actually had much more of an impact than I thought it did. People knew the newsletter before they knew me, which was very exciting. So after a while, I had the idea that podcasts, I had the idea that co-working spaces should have podcast studios within their within their spaces because a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business people have podcasts or should have podcasts. So I pitched the idea to a whole bunch of different co-working spaces throughout Los Angeles. And one place got back to me. They were very interested in having me build out the studio and manage it. The funny part here is that I had never built out a studio or managed a studio before, but I figured it out. And um, that gave me this incredible space that could be used for networking events. So I held storytelling shows. I held podcast networking events. And uh, again, further making connections in this space and really hustling to make sure that I was aware of what was going on beyond just me in the space, beyond earbuds, beyond the podcast that I was listening to. What else was out there? What else was being created? Who else was out there? 
who else was trying to shake them things up and trying to get a hold on this industry. And yeah, that's really how I got into the space. I'm really grateful for anybody who gave me the opportunity along the way or trusted the content that I put out. Like I said, I just really, I might be busy, I might be too busy, but I really try to stay on top of all the things that are going on because I just love this space. Don't we all love this space? It is, after all, the future of marketing. There are so many audio-related or podcasting newsletters out there, so it can be overwhelming to pick the ones worth subscribing to. We're always looking for new ways to learn more about audio content marketing, and Arielle shares some of her favorite newsletters that our listeners would be interested in. I really like the newsletter that comes from um, Evo Terra, that's Podcast Pontifications. It's a daily newsletter of just something to think about in the podcast space. Um, another one that I really like that's relatively new is called Podmunity, Podcast Community. It comes from Riva Puati, who is in Australia. It's a really great roundup of the news and also some stories and new podcast recommendations. I really like the curation that he's doing with that. I'm also really into Pod Move Daily, which is from Podcast Movement, and it's curated and written by Brennan Tapp, and it's really an amazing resource as well. A few daily newsletters, a few weekly newsletters, a few monthly newsletters. There really are incredible resources out there to stay in the know of what's going on in the podcast space. There are different types of email marketing, like newsletters and promotional emails. The main difference between the two is that podcast newsletters tend to add more relevant information that was not discussed or shown during the podcast episode itself. Yeah, I think I touched on this a little bit, but I think the reason it's so important for if you have a podcast that has a newsletter that goes along with it for that newsletter to have content beyond just pointing people back to your podcast is because if it is just a call to action to listen to your podcast, that's just a promotional email. You're not providing any extra reason for people to be subscribed to this. If they want to get a notification, they can be, they can sign up for a texting service. You know, they can, there's other ways for them to be notified that you have a new episode out. But if you have a podcast about beluga whales and your newsletter is saying, here's the latest in beluga nails, uh, beluga whales news, that's lovely. That is something extra that I could come to your newsletter for that maybe you don't cover in the podcast. Or maybe every week on the newsletter, you have a different picture or different fan art created uh, by one of your listeners about beluga whales. And obviously, that's not something that can be displayed on the podcast, but it is something that you can take advantage of the newsletter having a visual component to it to show off. So I think that's one of the biggest differences is you're not trying to actively sell anything on your podcast newsletter, um, but you are trying to add value to the conversation around your podcast. Newsletter podcast marketing is one of the many ways that you can market your podcast. There are different strategies when it comes to this type of marketing. For example, your show doesn't have to be featured in your newsletter only. You can ask other trusted and established newsletters to feature your podcast, keeping in mind that their audience should have a reason to listen to your show. The few tips that I think are underutilized are people should be advertising their podcasts on newsletters and people should be applying to be featured in podcast listening apps. So like I said, subscribe to all of the newsletters that I mentioned up top 
make sure you know what they like to cover, make sure you know who curates and writes them and you know what they're into so that when your podcast has an episode that fits one of their interests, you can say, hey, I know you're into X, Y, and Z. I have an episode on X, Y, and Z coming up this week. Would you consider covering it? Would you consider posting a link to it? Would you consider tweeting about it? Amazing. And then when it comes to um, getting your podcast featured on different podcast listening apps, this is also a process too, because there are curators behind these listening apps. But I would say the first thing you should do is look up, go to Google and say podcast listening apps, find a list of them, search for your podcast on all of those podcast listening apps. Number one, make sure that your podcast appears on all those podcast listening apps. Number two, make sure it looks good on all those podcast listening apps. Create a free account. Most of them have the ability to create a free account. Add your social handles, claim your podcast. And then a lot of the time, these apps will have built-in infrastructure where you can apply to be featured or make your podcast part of a list and potentially submit it to be featured. So just check out all of those possibilities. I think that's something easy that you can do. And then the next level is to find out who the curators are within the app or to tweet at them, you know, respectfully. And after you figure out what they're into covering and pitch yourself, being aware of what the pitching processes are for these types of things. If there's anything that we've learned today, it's that marketing your podcast through newsletters seems like the best way to gain a trusted, engaging and loyal audience. Thank you for listening to this episode of Audio Leads and thank you, Ariel, for being a guest on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast and everybody go subscribe to Audio Leads. Again, thank you so much. Have a great day. We hope that we answered all of your burning questions about marketing your podcast using newsletters. Feel free to contact us if there's another subject that we can cover. Stay tuned for the next episode and for our weekly newsletter. <laughs>